Who are your influencers? I read a Business Insider article this week, and it said that the term marketing or influencer marketing didn't exist 10 years ago, but now it is a booming industry and businesses and corporations are paying attention. These influencers are valuable to those corporations and those businesses because they know that they can affect people and the choices that they make. They know that they have power over and among those whom they influence. And so I thought about starting today's message by name-dropping a few influencers, PewDiePie and Mr. Beast, and that's about the extent of the knowledge that I have of those YouTubers and Instagram people that we follow, but those are the influencers in our life, right? The accounts that we follow on Instagram, the Facebook pages that we make sure to check regularly, the the YouTube channels that we subscribe to, and even if you are not someone who scrolls Instagram feeds or subscribes to YouTube channels, there are influencers in your life too. Now think about who those influencers might be. Maybe it's your favorite player from your favorite professional team. Or maybe it's that author whose work you find just compelling and mesmerizing, and so you pick up absolutely every single book as soon as it hits the shelves if they've penned it. Maybe it's the, the newscaster whose voice is just spellbinding, whose persona is commanding, and you hang on every word that they say. Maybe it's that political figure that, that you've really watched and, and you've followed as they've risen through the ranks and, and they started on the, on the local level, but now they've made it to the national level. Maybe for you, those influencers are more local. Maybe it's your teacher. Maybe it's a leader in the church. Maybe it's a member of your own family, your mom or your dad or or your brothers or your sisters. Who are they to you? Those people that you allow to impact and change your life in the way that you live it. This morning we got to hear an account of the work of an influencer from the first century. Because as much as this term, influencers and influencer marketing, as much as that might be a modern term, influencers have always been around. And so in the gospel that was written by the disciple John, we hear about one such influencer, and his name was John the Baptist. And the gospel writer John, he really highlights to us the popularity that John the Baptist had. Many people were coming out to be baptized by him. His followers, they ascribed to him celebrity status. But then we see this interesting scenario play out. Because another man was becoming quite popular 
And his name was Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. And he also was attracting crowds. And along with his followers, there were many people who were going out to him. And then, and then we hear what verse 25 said. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. And we don't really know who this certain Jew is, but clearly it was somebody who was impacted and influenced by Jesus. Maybe it was one of the 12 disciples, and so John is protecting one of his friends by not naming him. Maybe it's another person who had been baptized by Jesus and his disciples. We don't really know, but we see that this argument took place. The question being, whose baptism was better? Jesus's or John? Because when it mentions ceremonial washing, that's what it's talking about to the Jews. Baptism would have been ceremonial washing. It was a special activity in which they recognized that God was delivering the forgiveness of sins. But which one was more powerful? Which one was better? Jesus's? Or John's. And you see that, that John's followers, they were zealous for their leader. They were loyal followers. And so they argued over it. And then they came to John with that problem and they said, Rabbi, the man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one that you testified, look! He is baptizing and everyone is going to him. Everyone was going to Jesus instead of coming to John. We're losing our followers. We're losing our base of support. We're, we're losing our number one ranking as the most followed account. John had influence with his followers. And here was an opportunity for him to exert that influence, to increase that influence. He could have bolstered his popularity. He could have pushed his agenda. He could have made this a power struggle. He could have ripped on Jesus and his followers and torn them down. But he didn't. Instead, this is what he said. And he provides to us an excellent, positive example of the use of influence because he said, he must become greater, I must become less. Now just think about what that means because that is like unreal if we were to place it in our modern day culture. That someone with, with power and influence would say, he must become greater, I must become less. Now, John was willing to lose, to lose followers, to lose power, to lose influence, to lose control if it meant that Jesus would gain. He was willing to be less if it meant Jesus would be more. 
and of all those things, he was willing to lose all those things if Jesus would gain hearts and souls. Do your influencers do that? Do your influencers cause Christ to become greater so that Jesus Christ has a greater and more firm hold on your heart? So that Jesus rules with greater power over your thoughts and your emotions and what controls your life? Or do your influencers want to exalt themselves? Do they want to diminish Jesus and his role? Do they want to cause him to become less in your heart so that he rules on the throne of your heart less and less? And do you allow them to do that? Because these influencers in our life, they can become modern-day gods and idols for us. And some of them are going to revel in any divinity that we are willing to assign to them. And so maybe, maybe we have given them a power that they ought not have. That business article that I referenced earlier, it also described the importance for businesses to tap into this influencer marketing because many influencers have mastered the art of creating a meaningful connection with the audience. They make their followers feel personally connected. They regularly address their audience directly. And because of that personal connection, it means that people could prioritize and trust influencers at levels that mirror real friends. And did you hear those two words? Prioritize and trust. Those are worship words. Have you ever heard of the halo effect? The halo effect is this idea that when we see somebody who is good at something, or maybe they are amazingly talented at athletics, maybe they have been able to deliver Oscar-winning performances, maybe they have the ability to make us just laugh right out of our seat, then we also assume and believe that they should be incredibly, fantastically talented morally that they should be able to deliver to us incredible parenting advice, that they should be able to speak to our hearts and spiritually and give us true spiritual joy in our life, even though there may be absolutely nothing that qualifies them to do so. But we've come to believe that if someone is amazing at something, well, then they must be amazing at everything. And so we follow them. 
and that gives them power and influence in our lives. But again, the question that I want you to ask this morning, the question I want you to ask with any influence on your life is, does it cause Christ to become greater in your hearts? I'll just pick on Instagram and social media for a second. Lindsay Kite is a body image researcher, and this is what she says. She says, Instagram perpetuates the myth that our happiness and our ability to be loved, again, those are worship words, our happiness and our ability to be loved are dependent on external things. For girls, she's specifically talking about teens, but for girls, it's appearance for boys, it's financial success. That the picture-perfect images that we see on Instagram are so potent that they cement superficial and harmful values into adolescent brains without them even knowing it. The Washington Journal lately has been breaking news stories on Facebook's own investigation and research into the use of their platforms, including Facebook and Instagram, again, specifically with teens. And one of the findings that they came up with, they were looking for value in their platforms, both positive and negative, but one of the findings that they came up with in March, the researcher said that Instagram should reduce exposure, right? Because this is all based on algorithms and what they're going to show you. They should reduce exposure to celebrity content about fashion, beauty, and relationships while increasing the exposure to content from close friends. And some within the organization, they questioned that idea and they said, isn't that what Instagram is all about? It's about getting this glimpse at the very photogenic life of the top 0.1% and how they live and their lifestyle so that we can make it fun and we can make it a competition. And yet, one in five teens say that they feel worse about themselves after visiting Instagram. Now we're just picking on Instagram, but this really exposes one of the ways in which we have deified influence and we have created it as an idol for ourselves. This Instagram culture has become our God and idol, but it enslaves us. It's harmful for us. It, it's destroying us, and yet we feel like we can't escape it. We need to have it. Now, please understand, I am not saying that Instagram is evil. You don't have to delete it off of your phone right here, right now. In fact, the app is on my phone. And I'm not saying that Facebook is a tool of the devil. I'm not saying that social media is satanic. In fact, there's many good and positive uses of the modern-day technology that we have been blessed with, especially for the church and especially for the work of the gospel. But if we allow those things to sit on the throne of our hearts, that is dangerous. And it is deadly and it will destroy you. You see, if the accounts that we follow on Instagram lead us to turn away 
from the beautiful, majestic, personal way in which God has created each and every one of us, then it has become an idol for us. If it leads us to find our worth and our value in the like counts on our posts and our pictures instead of Christ's sacrificial death on the cross, it's caused Christ to become less. I personally know that, that parenting blogs and vlogs and posts are incredibly popular. And that, that's a very good thing, right? Because that means that we really care about how we parent our kids and, and how they're going to turn out. And we want to make sure that we're doing a really good job. But it becomes idolatrous if we measure our parenting first by the blog and not the Bible. It becomes idolatrous if it leads us to turn away from the incredible foundation and the encouragement that the Bible gives us for how to parent. All who influence you must take that position in their life to say, he must become greater, I must become less. And that doesn't mean that you can only follow Christian people or you can only follow those people who actively speak and, and praise the name of Jesus. But what I want you to do and the encouragement that I have for you is that with every single thing, every single person who influences you in your life, to ask, who rules my heart? so that Christ Jesus can be the greatest influencer on your life. John the Baptist said, he must become greater, I must become less, because he understood some very important things, the things that he mentioned right before he said that. First of all, he understood who he was. He said, a person can only receive what is given them from heaven. John had been given so much so many incredible gifts, but he had not been given the name that is above all names. He had not been given the mission to save the world. What he had been given was a bold spirit. Even the spirit of prophecy to speak the very words of God. He had been given the ability and the charisma to draw a large gathering, a following of people who would listen to him, who would hang on to every single word, breathlessly waiting for what he would say. And John understood and he knew that that was a privilege and that was a responsibility that could be used for the good of Christ's kingdom. That he could use it not just to draw people to himself, but to their gracious God who desired them to know his incredible forgiveness. John also understood this. He understood that the bride belongs to the bridegroom. He understood this beautiful picture that God's word uses throughout its pages to describe God's relationship with his people. That Jesus is the groom and you are the bride. Which means that you are so dearly, so faithfully, so fully 
loved with incredible compassion. That you are loved with zealous passion. That God truly is jealous for your whole heart. That he wants you to know his love more and more every single day. And of all of your influencers, there is not a single one who loves you the way that Jesus loves you. There is not a single one who has done more for you than Jesus has done for you. Jesus loves you with that always faithful, always supporting, always encouraging, always caring kind of love. He loves you with an everlasting love and he is faithful to every single vow that he has made. Know that you belong to Christ Jesus. And finally, John understood that humble service is what determines greatness in the kingdom of God. And so through his baptisms, through his faithful proclamation of the word of God, he continued to use his influence to boldly declare, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so, dear friends, guard your hearts so that every single influence, every single influencer always makes that declaration causes Christ to grow greater in your hearts. That no matter what they do or what they say, Jesus remains on the throne of your hearts. Guard your hearts to always celebrate Jesus as the one who is greater because he has taken away your sins. He defines your value and your worth. And he has personally created you for his good as his own child. And then when, when Jesus continues to rule on the throne of your hearts, you will enjoy the freedom that he gives. You will enjoy the freedom to live in the joy of who he has made you to be. You will enjoy the freedom to know that your worth and your value and your identity is found in him alone. You will enjoy the freedom to be a positive influencer on others. Now we can idolize celebrities and influencers and, and their lifestyle. But we also can recognize that we do each hold influence in other people's lives. And we can use that influence in a positive way. And, and, and maybe, you know, maybe we, we think that we're beyond, we're more mature so that we're not like the 12-year-old who thinks that they don't need to work hard in school or think for their future because they're going to make millions as a YouTuber. Maybe we're more mature than that. But I think each of us, you know, we also want to be a celebrity in our, our local context, whatever that may be. A celebrity who holds influence at work or in our family, among our colleagues, with our friends. And the truth is you do have influence. Don't idolize it. 
but see it as the remarkable gift that God has given to you from heaven. See it as the incredible opportunity and privilege it is to influence people in a positive way so that you also can say Christ must become greater and I'll become less. Use your influence to point people to Jesus and seek to allow God to reign on the throne of their hearts. And so once again, back to social media, how can you do that? Post positive things. There's enough negative out there. Post encouragement. Post the gospel. Post the promises of God. Invite prayer. Invite people to to turn to you and find comfort. Post the things the divine Savior posts. Share that gospel message. Pray for those you see. Use the influence that you have, even in your social circles, on social media, to allow Christ to become greater. There's no doubt that each of us will have influencers in our life, and we also will be an influencer. But let's make sure that the greatest influencer for all of us continues to be and become greater in our hearts. The one who loves us, the one who sacrificed on the cross for us, the one who loves us with that faithful, never-ending, everlasting love, the one who will keep every single promise that he has made for all eternity. Let's continue to make sure that Jesus is great. That Jesus is the greatest influencer.